0: Hi, everyone. How are you? Welcome back to A Brit Difficult. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks since the last episode. Uh, I have been on holiday for a little bit and, um, yeah, just didn't get time to record an episode, unfortunately, but hoping to be back on schedule from now on. Um, The end of the year is looking pretty um free for me (laughs) up until christmas so hoping to post more regularly remember you can head over to our instagram at um a bit difficult podcast so the name of the podcast and the word podcast after it um to ask your questions and suggest topics Mm -hmm. anything like that that you want to add um you can add that over at our instagram So today's episode is going to be about uses of the word may and a few other points about differences between formal and informal English and um, just a few points about like how we can differentiate between formal and informal English sometimes. So may is a type of modal verb, so these are words like could, should, uh, might, Um, So they usually are used for specific um, use cases. Uh, I've talked about um, should and must in the very, very first episode of this podcast. So you can go back all the way to episode one if you want to hear more about that. Um, But we're going to focus on may, which is a more formal version of the word might. So if you understand what the word might does, then you'll probably understand most of what we're going to talk about here with the word may. So the big difference is that may does sound a lot more formal than might. And in day-to-day conversation, um, you're going to hear the word might far more than you will may. However, there are some cases where you will hear May, uh, either because the situation is uh, more formal and it sounds better, or if you are a fan of watching, um, for example, British period dramas or like older films in English, you might hear this if it's set in a particular period of time where this kind of language was more common. So, what can we use May for? Just like with might, we can use may for permission. So to ask whether you can do something, for example, may I sit here? So in more casual English, you would probably say, can I sit here? So can I sit here versus may I sit here? Can I ask your name? May I ask your name? We can also use this to talk about possibility. So this is where it overlaps more with uses of might. So we say things like, oh, I might go there later, or I might speak with her tomorrow to talk about something that's not for sure, but there's a possibility that it can happen. We can use may in the same way. So we can say things like, it may be possible to meet with her later, or it may be the case that, they don't know yet. We can also use it in terms of what you might describe as accepting other possibilities. So when you say something, but you're not quite sure about it. So there is this element of possibility, um, but it's less about it being possible and more about you saying something that you believe is true, but you're not a hundred percent sure. So a common phrase you might hear is I might be wrong, but blah, blah, blah. So, I might be wrong, but I think that he's going to be late. If we use may, we would say, I may be wrong, but I think he's going to be late. They both mean the same thing, but may does have a more formal tone to it, and you're less likely to hear it in day-to-day conversation. There is another use of may, which is a little more confusing, and it's to do with something just being the case or a fact. Um, So this you tend to see or hear, um, the example I can think of is when you read information about maybe a tourist place, or when somebody is on a tour and the guide is explaining what you can see. So again, there's still a little bit of this element of possibility, but it's a slightly different use case. So an example of this would be, the castle may be seen on your left. So the castle may be seen on your left. And with this, you'll see that we use it with the passive. So it may be seen. Um, and if you think about it, that means like it's possible to see it on the left. Uh, but it's also like a fact, like it is there if you want to look at it. <laughs> so something like the castle may be seen on your left or uh, patients may be visited after 6pm or something like that. So it's like possible, uh, but it's being stated more as a fact, like something that's true and if you want to, it's something that you can do. So these are the main uses of may. So just to repeat those again, we've got asking for permission or asking uh, or giving permission as well, I should say. So if I say, may I sit here and someone's being polite and formal in response, they might say, yes, you may. Um, It's also the formal version of, like, can and might, so in terms of possibility, um, or accepting other possibilities, and also this third use case, which is kind of a mix between it's possible and it's also a fact, so these use cases of, like, maybe seen or maybe visited, um, that's the other use case for me. Some other ways I just wanted to mention that we can use uh, formal language in English are, um, first of all, using as many words in the sentence as possible will make it more formal. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is in casual informal English, as we've talked about many times already on the podcast, it involves dropping words, it involves dropping letters. So, the longer the sentence is, the more things that are included, the more formal the sentence is as a rule of thumb. So, for example, when somebody is going to um, ask a question about something being done and they might use some phrase like, have you blah, blah, blah. So, let's say, have you finished the work yet? Have you finished the work yet? That is perfectly normal. It's not super formal English, but you'll find that there's more casual ways to say it. Um, For example, like, did you finish that work or finish that work yet? And you've lost half of the sentence, but it still makes sense to uh, an English speaker. So you can go from, have you finished the work yet to finish the work yet? And just this rising tone in the question. And this is a very common thing in casual English as well, is uh, instead of asking a full question, like have you, did you, blah blah blah, um, we can just say the part at the end and add this rising tone at the end. So, heard from him yet? Hear that my voice goes up at the end? Wrote that book yet? Been to the cinema yet? we're losing a lot of that beginning part of the sentence but it still makes complete sense. Uh, Another thing is the difference between the word who and whom. So that's who, uh, w-h-o and whom which is w-h-o-m. Now whom is not used very much in spoken English. The people I've heard use it are usually very picky about grammar, and so they will speak in this way. Um, but in spoken English, you hardly ever hear this. But it's good to know what it means when you see it, or you do hear it in certain situations. So the difference between these is um, something. Uh, it's to do with whether the the who the person is the object of the action or thing that's going on so um, i can say who are you because in that case who is like the subject i'm asking who this person is Um, but if i say with whom are you coming it's because coming with is the action that's being performed on this person this who so whom they are like the object like a direct object of the um of the verb if we're going to use the grammatical term for it. So a very common phrase uh, that you will hear that does use use the word whom is to whom it may concern. And this is usually used in letters um, uh, when somebody doesn't know who to address the letter to. And that's because it's that person who is, I guess in this case, receiving. the concern. is hard to explain. Um, but if somebody is the like recipient of an action of some kind, we would use whom instead of who. But 99% of the time, people will say who, regardless. So in casual English, in day to day English, I can still say, so who are you coming with, even though I should say whom, for example. So a couple more, uh, Things I wanted to mention here are just back about the uh, models. So the other models I mentioned at the beginning, so could, should, uh, will, uh, would, these do have some other points we can mention uh, in terms of formality. So I've already talked about should and must, which I have a whole episode about, uh, very first episode you can go find. Um, just a few points here, so one about could versus can. So um, could usually sounds more formal than can. So, can I ask you a question is less formal than could I ask you a question? They mean the same thing, but could sounds more formal. Can you help me versus could you help me? Again, same thing, just different in formality. There are some informal phrases that use the word could. One of the most common that I hear day to day is could do. And this is a response. Um, So this I feel is a very British phrase, so might wanna write this one down. But if somebody asks you, uh, do you wanna do something? Or do you think this is a good idea? Or do you think we should do this? um, A response you might get is could do. And it's like saying that's possible or maybe. It's very similar to those things. So could do. And that phrase is very informal, even though could usually points to a formal phrase. So that's a little bit confusing, but I thought it was worth mentioning that, because I think it's particularly a British thing. And if you're listening to this, you're probably trying to learn British English. And finally, uh, we've got shall versus will. So will, as you probably know, points to a future action. It's something that is going to happen. So I can say... Um, I will eat dinner in half an hour. What I can do is replace will with shall, and that sounds very formal to me, particularly, it sounds extremely formal, and it sounds very much like it should be in a period drama of some kind. I feel like I'm living in a fancy house in the like early 1900s, late 1800s or something, um, but you can, you can replace that. And so you can say... I shall have dinner in half an hour, but it sounds extremely, extremely formal. You can also use it to ask questions or to make suggestions, so um, in this case, the formality is not as strong, um, but you are still going to hear it less. So um, in terms of making a suggestion, uh, you can say, "Shall uh, shall we go to the library, shall we go to the library? This doesn't sound as formal as I shall do something or we shall do something. I think as I'm saying this out loud I'm realising that um, shall in a question sounds less formal than shall as a statement. So another rule of thumb to keep in mind. So we can say things like shall we ask for help? Uh, Shall we go dancing? Uh, Shall we cook something delicious? Um, but you're less likely to hear something like we shall go dancing or we shall make something delicious that just sounds a little bit too too much almost um, but in terms of um, future things that are going to happen you're definitely going to hear will more um, in terms of what's the difference using will and shall in a statement um, is to do with how sure you are that it's going to happen so uh, just to reiterate this, because I think this is, uh, has become more of a complicated point than I anticipated. Um, if you're talking, if you're asking a question, um, or making some kind of suggestion, then um, shall we go is kind of a suggestion, and uh, you're asking people what they want to do. If you say we will go, or will we go, um there's kind of a different level of certainty. So we will go is more certain than, um, like, shall we go? You've kind of already decided on that. But talking about statements, um, so I shall do something or I will do something, um, that becomes a difference in formality. So the, the long and short of it is um, avoid using shall in statements um, if you don't want to sound too formal when speaking. And that is everything that I wanted to share with you for today. Uh, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can join us on Instagram at difficult podcast. Um, happy to answer questions or take suggestions for topics. Um, I still have my email open, but I don't think many people uh, use it, so um, you can also contact us at abrickdifficult at gmail.com, but Instagram is probably easier. Uh, I'm going to start posting some tips and stuff over there as well. So please feel free to join me there. And uh, as I said, I'm hoping to be back on schedule for posting. So I'll be posting another episode um, probably towards the end of the week or the beginning of next week. So I'll speak to you all again soon.